announcements today than we do preaching. So, just saying. Just trying to get your attention. <laughs> okay, most announcements that I have, and I'm going to turn it over to Pastor Marcus after that, it's just the regular announcements. Hang on a second. Second set. Okay. Uh, kickoff August 30th. I'm not sure what kickoff is. What is kickoff? Anybody? Okay. That's coming up. Do be determined in a little bit. Okay. Sunday at 1030 we have service. Wednesday at 7 we have service in here. We also have uh, youth. So uh, we've had more youth that were here and they kind of drifted away. If you've got youth in your family, you need to bring it back. Amen. Kim and Clint are doing a wonderful That's job right. the yes. They're very, yes. very active with them and they do lots of stuff. So at least give them a chance because they will be very, very pleased with it. Okay, doors open at 5.30 for our youth group and we always feed them on Wednesday. So just keep that in mind. You know, another one of them free food deals. Everybody's up, everybody's up for free food, so just come on. Uh, August the 19th, in the fellowship hall, we are having our men's breakfast. And normally when we have men's breakfast, we also have Bible study. Nick's that this week. We're doing skeet shooting. We're going to make it real convenient for you. We're going to walk right across the parking lot onto the 100 acres over there and shoot right there. You don't have to load up and go anywhere. All you got to do is come and eat and walk across the parking lot. Uh, the state or the city or nobody else will say anything about shooting shotguns out there. Now, we can't go out there and shoot deer. We can go out there and shoot shotguns. So and it's, it's uh, real convenient, real handy, and we'd love for you to come and participate. We'll have a spot uh, fresh on and off so that you can stand and, and uh, have a good time. Uh, September 2nd, 8th, 30th Fellowship Hall is just our regular Bible study. So keep that in mind. That's uh, the first Monday, first Saturday of every month. Now, I'm going to make a mention of the prayer list again because these people put their name on here by faith. Yeah. They have faith in you to pray for them. And they want your faith to help them carry through this. So don't just blow that off because you see it in there and move on. Uh, this is somebody's life. It's something that's important to them or they wouldn't have put it in there. And because they're our brothers and sisters, it's important to us. Yes, they And just keep that in mind. That's it. Uh, that is, in, in a way, praying for somebody else and, and helping them through the hard times. In a way, it's missions work, guys. We're, we're, we're sending our prayers out to help somebody else. And that's what we do with missions in here. We go help somebody else. So keep that in mind. Okay. Uh, the Daughters Conference is September 15th and 16th. Keep that in mind because today is the last day to get the reduced rate for signing up. And I don't even know what that rate is, but it's, it's reduced if you sign up today. If you sign up tomorrow, the rate's going up. Uh, heart to Heart, August 15th at 6 p.m. 6 p.m. Y'all get that. Uh, Leanne Hart will be singing and speaking both. And that's in the fellowship hall right here, okay? Uh, for all you ladies, and like uh, we had one preacher told us, if you're not a man, you're a lady. So if you're a lady, come to heart to heart. And that, and that includes the girls too, I'm sure. If you've got, if you've got a daughter that wants to go, take, take your daughter with you. Yeah. Uh, August 26th, 
at 12 noon, not night, 12 noon, potluck and games in the fellowship hall. And uh, that's always a good time. Yes. Um, you see some of this other stuff on here, but okay. Now, I said we have lots of announcements, so I'm gonna turn this over to Pastor Marcus. And he's got some, and he's gonna turn it over to somebody else, and they got some, and so on and so on. So. Hey, there's nothing wrong with having a lot of announcements. That means there's things going on. Uh, just a couple of things. Uh, if you look at your bulletin, September 17th, we're going to have a missionary, Chris Hale. Uh, talk to him. He is. Uh, they're planning a church in Liverpool, and they've planted a church before. Um, and I think, if I remember right, it was Poland, but I might be wrong on that. So, But he will be here on September 17th. Great couple. I had a chance to talk with him. So if you come out, please support our missionaries. Amen. Um, listen, God will honor you for supporting our missionaries. Yes. And uh, so I'm looking forward to that. And then also, um, uh, Gabriel, so we have, thank you for all those that have been donating bags and the materials that we need. So I'm going to ask Gabriel real quick to come up. He's going to explain something on the sheet real quick. Some of you guys have had some questions about the stuff that they're donating. Um, and so I, he said he didn't have a problem talking in front of anybody. So. I have a problem. Uh, my English, I get stuck on my English sometimes when it works. It's okay. I'm Mexican, you guys didn't know. Uh, I would actually like to share something real quick, if I may, real quick from Scripture in Matthew. It says, And the king will say to those on his right, Come, come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you for the foundation of the world. And that portion of the Bible talks about, uh, you know, I was hungry, you fed me, I was in prison, you made me, right. I was sick, right. so on and so forth. And then at the end it says, And the king will answer them, this is uh, verse 40, Says, and the king will answer them, Surely I say to you, if you did it to one of the least of these of my brothers, you did it to me. Amen. Uh, I know you guys are talking about missionaries. Uh, this is a, a, a way, <laughs> I guess, of missions. Not yes. missions, sure, but two ways. You guys are helping, uh, I guess, the kingdom of God grow with these African uh, children. Uh, so I don't know, I'm very nervous. I haven't talked in front of people in a while. But uh, I appreciate everybody that has helped out with this. I honestly. I started crying about a week ago. Men do cry. Jesus wept. John 11, 35. <laughs> but um, the, on the backpacks and stuff like that, uh, I guess just going over it. On the folders, I did have one thing. Uh, the folders, it's those, uh, it's not binders, it's like the thin paper folders that has like, yes. the three prongs in there. Uh, and um, I'm trying to think what else. It's a backpack. Uh, Two packs of leaves, uh, loose leaf paper, a pack of pencils, and two blue sticks. Everything that's on here is what's going inside each backpack. Right. Um, so I think there's a list somewhere out there. Yeah. Um, trying to think what else. Um, like I, I think I did explain to the pastor when I do come back. This event is actually going to be this Saturday. So I think uh, the stuff would be great if they were here by Wednesday. Because I'm going to leave from here on uh, Thursday after work. Um, and I did tell Pastor that when I come back, I'm actually, I would love to share with you guys what you guys are, are doing over there. Um, there is a lot of uh, poor communities uh, where I'm from. People are still getting paid $5 an hour, $6 an hour, $7 an hour. People work 12 hours and they only get paid $80, $50 a day. So it, it is very low income. And I do really appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. I do really appreciate this. If you guys have any questions, you guys could get with me or Pastor. Or, but thank you guys. God bless you. I think you'd make a great preacher. You never know, Gabriel. 
Um, real quick, uh, last week I forgot that they were traveling, and so they are here today, and I want to recognize uh, Tim and Kara Dickinson for their membership. So um, I'm going to hand it to you. I know I'm embarrassing you a little bit, but I wanted to give you guys your membership certificates. As they, can we give them a round of applause? They're our new members. So both of you guys are in here. He said that looks too official. <laughs> and so congratulations, you guys. Just another thing, if you're interested in becoming a member, just get with me. And, uh, and we have some membership forms to fill out. And uh, it gives you the opportunity to have a voice within the congregation. Now I'm going to turn it over to my wife. And uh, she's got a few announcements to make. Right. Good morning. You're probably going to get tired of hearing this, but I'm going to make an announcement again about our trunk retreat that we're doing. Um, out inside in the foyer, you will find this bright orange piece of paper, and it's announcing the date and the time of our trunk retreat. It's got some info on that. There's a handful. I'm making more. We will get them out if you want to grab some and start letting people know. The more we get the word out, the more we talk about it, the more people will find out about it, and it could be a really great turnout. On that note, we are having our first meeting next Sunday after church. We will do finger foods. <laughs> That's always a good thing, right? Um, so we're going to talk about what we're going to do, some of the games and um, flyers, discuss things, and get it off the ground so we can get started. The more volunteers we have, the more fun it'll be, and the more smoothly it'll run. And I heard that you all did this before, so it shouldn't be a new thing, and we want to make this really exciting. So if you want to volunteer or get involved, get with me or Pastor or Shauna. She's been uh, really helpful in finding out some information, and get with us, and we'll have a great time. Um, the other thing I want to talk to you about is Bible Quest Crewmates for Christ, our Wednesday uh, night children's ministry. And you will see a little flyer out there in the foyer about this size, and it's talking about what we're going to do on Wednesday night. We're having a kickoff party on um, Wednesday, August uh, 30th, and we're going to have games, we're going to have prizes and everything, and that's to let everybody know, hey, we got a ministry going for the kids on Wednesday night. The official class will start on September 6th. So if you want to grab some of these and hand them out, it's for ages 5 to 11. Let people know so we can get the kids in and start doing a great thing with them. The last thing, background checks. We are going to do background checks through um, Protect My Ministry. You will have some a couple forms we'll have you fill out. You'll get with myself and Pastor, and we'll have a little um, video, a little session that we'll do for everybody who is currently involved with children and want to be involved with children and youth. That's very important that we get this done. So get with us this week so we can start getting that on the ball, and that's 
Oh, and don't forget about the ice cream social. And thank you to Rebecca Jesse, and she's not here. She brought some signs in, and the kids started decorating and making signs. We're going to be raising money for our BGMC program. And we'll have ice cream cones. If you don't like cones, we'll have bowls. We're going to do ice cream sundaes. And we're going to be doing it in the evening after church. Um, what's the date? It's the last Sunday of this month, and uh, every dollar that we raise for that's going to go straight into the BGMC fund. And that's it. Uh, one last thing. There's a greeter sign-up. I've only had three people sign up for the greeters. Uh, we want to get a greeter scheduled together. Uh, for those that want to greet at the front door, I mean, how many of you guys, when you go into a church, it's good to meet somebody that's smiling and wants to introduce yourself to them? So if you're interested, there's a sign-up sheet. I need at least 12 people to sign up, and that way we can get a calendar together for that year. And if, like, let's say you're in a month because you'll cover that month, and you can't make it a week, you ask the person the next month to cover for you. So it's real simple. The second thing is I want to real quickly pray for John. And now I probably shouldn't have given all the details yesterday. That's my fault. Should have just said he had an emergency. But John had an accident yesterday. You know, John and Shauna, he had an accident. So I want to pray for him real quick, and then I'm going to turn it over for tithes and offerings. Would you please bow your head as we pray for him? Father God, we just lift up John to you this morning and what happened to him last night. We prayed for healing in his body. We prayed for both him and Shauna, Lord, that you would give them peace beyond measure. Lord, it says that your peace uh, uh, protects our minds and our hearts in you. Uh, Father, I pray for just an overpowering, uh, for a quick recovery and healing, and just strength on them. We thank you that they are a part of our body. They've just become members of our church. Lord, lift them up in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, amen. All right, I'm turning back over to Randy. Where's he at? Ron's doing Okay. Okay, I'll, I'll, are you, I didn't know if you were praying for tithes and offerings this morning. Okay, sorry about that. <laughs> All right. Uh, whoever else is helping, come on. Now, I want you to take notice. These four guys up here can carry, can carry all the money that you want to put in a bag. <laughs> you fill them up, and if they can't carry it, somebody will help them get it out of here. Just, just saying, you know, I mean, uh, it's, it's a thought. And, but we would prefer that you don't put 15 rolls of pennies in there. We'd rather have a $5 bill. <laughs> All right. Um, so, Heavenly Father, we do thank you, Lord, that we can have fun, that we can have a good time here, Heavenly Father, that we can meet you here, that you meet us, Lord. And, Lord, we just come to praise and honor you, Heavenly Father, in all that we do. And that is the purpose behind the offering, Heavenly Father, is to praise and honor you and our offerings to you, that you can use it for the kingdom, for your glory, and for the glory of your people, Heavenly Father. In Christ's precious name, amen. Hey, y'all stand up. at your throne, Father. We pray this morning that you would have your way in this service and hold nothing back in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Yes. Yes. Greatest day in history. Death is beaten. You have rescued me. Sing it out. Jesus is alive. 
empty cross, the empty grave. Laugh eternal, you have won the day. Celebrate, Jesus is alive. Oh, he's alive. Oh, happy day, happy day. You wash my sin away. Oh, happy day, happy day. I'll never be the same. Yes. Forever I am changed. When I stand in that place, free at last, meeting face to face, I am yours. Jesus, you are mine. In this joy, perfect peace, earthly pain finally will cease. Celebrate, Jesus is alive. Oh, he's alive. Mercy heard my plea 
forgiven that that line just keeps going over in my mind we make it so hard sometimes and it's and it's not it's not and we stay in that grave in that tomb that we've built for ourselves that God's already taken us out of and we just sit there and every day we pick it back up we pick it back up but that says you found me and you healed me no matter where I was, you healed me of my sin, of my sickness, of my disease, of my doubt and my fear. You gave me your real love. Do you know the real love of Jesus has no condemnation in it? And now I'm living like I'm forgiven. 
Father God, help us every morning to wake up with those new mercies, Father. Help us first thing to put that shield around us, God, of your mercy and your grace and help us to live like we're forgiven, Father. Help us to know. Help us to know deep down in our heart, Father, that you don't see those memories that we see, Father. You don't see what we carry around after we lay it at your feet, God. Father, we love you this morning. We thank you for your mercy and your grace. Only you can give in Jesus' name.
Does that explain you this morning? You know, the Bible says, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. The scripture that Julie shared earlier in Romans chapter 8, verse 1, it says, therefore, and I like in the original language, it doesn't use the word therefore, it just says, there is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. Condemnation means the enemy comes in to condemn you, to make you question, to doubt. Did this really happen? Did God really get rid of this? But remember, he's the liar. He's the father of lies. He's been lying since the beginning. And, and the scripture says that God is truth. And what God says, he means. So if you're forgiven, you're forgiven. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Not maybe, not if, but you are free. You need to give that to the Lord this morning. And Julie, I'm going to ask, can we sing that song again, the one you just sang? And I want you to sing this morning. If the enemy's been hitting you with doubt, if the enemy's been saying, well, no, look at all the past things. It's something God did with me in my life one time. And I, I, I had said some things and done things I shouldn't have done. How many of us do things we shouldn't do sometimes? And I remember getting sad. It was at my grandmother's... Uh, funeral and after her funeral I went walking in the streets and I was the enemy was beating me up and the Lord told me look up and right when I looked up on a bumper sticker it says every time Satan reminds you of your past remind him of his future because God has won the war and when he forgives he forgives so let's sing that again give it to God and remind yourself that he has forgiven forever lifted high you are the Holy 
Father, we thank you that you are Lord, that you're the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Father, I pray this morning as we, as you've spoke this morning, not only through the worship, but through the prophetic word, that Father, that we will get that this morning, whoever needs to hear that. Jesus, you said you would leave the 99 for the one sheep, that if it was just one of us, you would have died for us. And Lord, you, you paid a heavy price. And you want your church not to walk around defeated, but to reign, as it says in Romans chapter 5. We're to reign in this life. That we are to go from victory to victory. Lord, as Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me or gives me strength. You are our strength. You're the one that we look to this morning. You are mighty and you're holy. And everybody's people said, amen. You may be seated this morning. As we were going through this this morning, and I'm sorry for those, we're not going to be looking at my notes this morning. So just don't forget, just forget about the notes and You'll just have to keep up with me with the scripture so it's not going to be on the overhead. God just dropped this in my heart as we were worshiping. So if you have your Bibles, would you open up with me to the book of Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. We're going to read this chapter this morning. Again, uh, this wasn't planned. This was God. And you'll find with me when God drops something in my heart, I'm going to preach on it, okay? Because it's what he wants and not what I want. So we're going to read it and then we're going to pray. So Romans chapter 8, the whole chapter. Everybody hold your Bibles anymore. I know some of you, it gets easy to look up on the screen. But God gave us these things for a reason. Now we got them on our phones. If you have it on your phone, I get it. I use it too. I do that at night now so that I don't have to use a flashlight. I can use my phone and it's already got a flashlight on it. But I still get in trouble because I do what the phone tells you not to do. I have it all the way up to the brightest. All right, Romans chapter 8, verse 1. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit of life, now this is the important thing, set me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do in that it was weakened by the sinful nature. God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful man to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in sinful man in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the sinful nature, but according to the spirit. Those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what the nature desires. But those who live in accordance with the spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires. The mind of the sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. The sinful man is hostile towards God. 
It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. You, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit. If the Spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin. Yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through the Spirit who lives in you. Therefore, brothers, we have an obligation. But it is not to the sinful nature to live according to it. For if you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Because those who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now if we are children, then we are heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. The creation waits in eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the glorious freedom of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we eagerly await our adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in those hope we were saved, but that hope is not, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what he already has? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we have, we wait patiently. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes with groans that words cannot express. And He who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit. The Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those that love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. For, though, for those God foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of His Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. What then shall we stay in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who is he that condemns? Christ Jesus, who died more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Whoso separate us from the love of Christ shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or the sword. As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. Knowing all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, as we study and learn Romans chapter 8, 
God, give us a fresh understanding of it. Open the eyes of our hearts. God, for those struggling this morning, Lord, let it seep down deep into their, the soil of their heart. Let it be soft. Let the seed be planted and take root. Help them understand who they are in Christ. That they have a new identity. The old is gone and the new has come. That you have made us into new creations. Father, as your vessel, speak through me what you want to say this morning. Speak to each one of us this morning. I yield myself to you. We thank you for this in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Again, there's no overhead this morning because God dropped us in my heart as we were worshiping. And then Julie spoke that scripture. I love how God works. So for whoever this is this morning, some of you may say, this is not a problem for me. That's okay. But it may be. If it's not, good. Get it in your heart so you can help somebody else later. Paul writes in chapter 7, and he talks about the things that I don't want to do, the things I do want to do, I don't do. Now, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of debate. Was that before he got saved or after he got saved? The main thing is that he says, uh, thank goodness for the Lord Jesus Christ. Our victory in our walk with God is because of him. You can't win this war on your own. You can't win battles on your own. That's why Philippians 4.13, you, you, you heard me share it. I can do all things, all things. Everybody say all things. That means financial issues, stress with your family, medical issues, whatever it may be, I can do all things through him, through Christ, who gives me the strength. Jesus is the one that gives you the strength. Verse 25 of chapter 7, you don't need to go there, but he says, thanks, God, thanks to be God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself in my mind am a slave to God's law, but in the sinful nature, a slave to the law of sin. Chapter 8, verse 1, I liken the, it, when he originally wrote this, we put the therefore in there. But in the original language, it just says, it says, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. The word con condemnation is the word condemned. It's how you and I feel before we come to Christ. Right. Before we come to Jesus, we are condemned. Right. G you know, John 3, 16, it says, For God so loved the world that whoever believes in him will not be what? Condemned. If, you, if you're not a believer this morning, if you haven't surrendered your life to Jesus, then you're still condemned. Yeah. And if you're feeling condemned, that's why. But once you get saved, the enemy tries to hit you with condemnation. In fact, the scripture says that he goes before the Father's throne daily to accuse the brethren. Right. But in that same scripture in Revelation, it says that we overcome him, Satan, by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. Yeah, you can give God a clap offering there. <laughs> Satan often attacks you with condemnation in your mind. He likes to remind you of what you messed up during that day. He likes to remind you of the mistakes you made that week. And he likes to remind you of the past mistakes that you've made even farther back, even before you got saved. That's condemnation. That's guilt. Now, there is a difference between conviction. Conviction's that little nudge that says, hey, you said this about that person, you shouldn't have said it, go, go make it right. 
or you reacted in a wrong way towards that person in the store. Let me give you a story about that. When we were up in Longview, anybody ever have a bad day? And you're cranky and you're edgy. And I was known as the Walmart preacher because I would pray with people and witness to them. And hey, why don't you guys be known as the Walmart or the Ollie's or the restaurant preachers? We know those people. They go to Long Grove Assembly because they're always preaching at us or praying for us. Or, well, anyways, I had a bad day and there was a guy back there and I was asking for help and he kind of gave me an attitude and he was a worker. Well, then guess what I did? I gave him an attitude back. And as I was walking to catch up with my family, because my wife, I'm picking on her this morning, but my wife has a tendency to do that. Uh, I'm in the store and then she takes off and then I can't find her. But part of that is because I get to talking too much. But as I was walking by, I got a conviction in my heart. Go back and apologize to that man. And I went back and I apologized to him. But after I apologized to him, then I started getting these thoughts of, look at you. You're a pastor. You shouldn't have acted that way. Look, look, look how you act. And I already asked the Lord for forgiveness. That's condemnation. That's the enemy trying to make you feel guilty about what he has already forgiven you for. Hold your spot here and go with me to 1 John 1.9. 1 John, we're actually starting verse 8. 1 John chapter 1, look at 1 John chapter 1, look at verse 8. John says, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make God, we make Him, God, out to be a liar. And His Word has no place in our lives. Chapter 2, verse 1. My dear children, I write to you so that you will not sin. Once you get saved, you have the choice not to sin. Amen. Right? We have the power of the Holy Spirit, but sometimes we what? Sin. But if anyone does sin, we have one who speaks to the Father in our defense, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for our sins, but also for the sins of the whole world. Here's the wonderful thing. Jesus died for the sins of the whole world. Yes. It's just for us who have accepted Jesus' sacrifice, surrendered our lives, that are forgiven. So if you're here this morning, and you're still condemned, God's already forgiven your sin, but you need to accept His forgiveness. If you, if you don't, you're still condemned. But for us that have been forgiven, we have an advocate. We have the best defense attorney there is. Amen. Satan attacks you with condemnation. Jesus, right? Amen. And God looks at us and he goes, oh, wait, you can't mess with them. They're under the blood. They're forgiven. The important thing he says here is if we confess our sins. When we make a mistake, we need to own up to it. Take responsibility for your actions. We try to teach our kids that, right? Take responsibility for your actions. Don't blame somebody else. What happened in the garden? Adam goes, but Lord, the woman you gave me made me do it. 
the woman blamed it on the snake or Satan. We need to take responsibility for our own actions. So we, if we confess our sins, He, God, is faithful. That means He keeps His promises. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 22, it says that in Him it has always been yes. In Christ it's yes and amen. God keeps His promises. He is faithful and just. God's a just God. And will, not maybe, but will forgive you or forgive us our sins. And not only does he forgive us, but he purifies us. That means he's working on us. How many of us need a good working? Some of us have issues, right? Notice I raised my hand. When Jesus washed the disciples' feet, remember Peter in the upper room? Peter said, Lord, be it, be it far from you that you should do this. And Jesus said, Peter, if you don't let me do this, then you have no part of me. Right. And so Peter says, Lord, clean my whole body. Yeah. And Jesus is like, I don't need to clean the body. I just need to clean the what? The feet. What I have made clean is clean. That's a picture of you and I. We walk in this life. In those days, they had sandals, and they didn't have automobiles. They had horses and carriages. What, what do you think was in the streets? And then you got dust and the things that animals left, and your feet got dirty. And so it was a sign as, as a, it, when, when you were a host, if a guest came over to clean their feet, you'd always have a bowl there. And so Jesus, what he's symbolically saying is that you and I are clean because of what he did on the cross and by our acceptance of him. But daily we need a little bit of washing on our feet because we've been walking in this world and we're dealing with things. We still have this flesh that we learned about in Romans. So he cleanses us and he purifies us. And he forgives us as far as the east is from the west. Let's go back to Romans here. I can get to it in my Bible here. Look what he says here in Romans 8.1 again. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Verse 2. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life, that's salvation, set me free from the law of sin and death, the do's and the don'ts, the working to earn my salvation. Once you get saved, you don't have to work for anything. You couldn't work for it in the beginning. You and I are saved by grace through our faith, not by our works, lest anyone should boast. So you and I are saved by our faith in Christ, and when we put our faith in Him, He forgives us. So He sets us free. Christ Jesus, uh, it says, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit of life set me free. Guys, the minute you put your faith in Jesus, the minute you surrendered your life to Him, He set you free. But too many times we're walking around with bondage on us. You're free. When I was a kid, we had a toy box, and I'd get in it, and my sister would sit on the lid. And I'd scream and holler. And I'd kick, 
And when she let me out of there, I'd, I would scream. I wouldn't say freedom, I'd just scream and tell on her, of course. But the freedom that I felt of getting out of that toy box. Many of you are in toy boxes that the enemy's put there. And you've allowed them to do it. The difference with my sisters, I couldn't push her off. You can push them off. Yes. Hold your spot here. Go with me to James. The book of James. Go with me to James chapter 4. Look at verse 7. Now before I read verse 7, James is talking about pride. God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Then he says in verse 7, here's the key to resisting the devil. He says, submit yourselves then to God. Before you can resist the devil, there has to be a submission to the Lord. There has to be a, I can't do it, but you can. There has to be, I give it all to you. Like we talked about this morning, bringing it to the altar, giving it to God. I can't defeat this. God, I don't know how to get out of this. Help me. Submit yourselves then to God. Then it says, look, resist the devil. Now the word resist literally means to put your feet in the ground and stand firm. It means to push against. That means don't get wimpy. Get tough. When I was wrestling, my coach would say, uh, uh, toughen up. He'd often say, quit being a buttercup. Suck it up. Anybody ever heard the word suck it up? We as believers, we've kind of gotten wimpy. We need to suck it up a little bit. And he's not going to quit. We got to fight. You get a thought in your mind. The enemy throws thoughts in your head. Sometimes you got to keep fighting. Don't give up. Don't just do it one time and think it's going to go away. Sometimes you have to keep rebuking it. I did it one time in public and somebody thought I was crazy. Who cares? <laughs> Resist the devil and he will flee. The word flee literally means he runs quickly. Then verse 8, come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and well. Change your laughter into mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. Again, submission to God. Submission to God. God, I, I need your help. I think that's the hardest part for men. I'm just speaking for, I don't know, some men are better at it, but most men, we want to do it ourselves, don't we? And I really think it's an American thing. We think that we can handle it on our own because we're taught that, right? I put my bootstraps on. We're free in America. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. I'm tough. I'm strong, right? Until we get to a point where we say, I can't do it, until we're broken. But David said, a broken and contrite heart, God will not deny. Amen. So... In this fight, when the enemy hits you with condemnation, the way to resist him is go to God first. Submit to him. Ask God for help. Then resist him with the power of the Holy Spirit. Go with me to Zechariah. Zechariah chapter 3. 
It's Malachi is just before Matthew and Zechariah is just before Malachi. Zechariah chapter 3. I think this is a beautiful symbolic picture of what's happened to you and I when we come to Christ. Remember, we're talking about no condemnation. We're talking about when the enemy hits you with condemnation. So again, some of you may, this may not be a problem today. But for some of you that this could be a struggle, maybe you just surrendered your life and the enemy's hitting you with your past. Again, it's under the blood. Remember, we remember, but God doesn't. Verse 1, Zechariah chapter 3, verse 1. Then he showed me Joshua, the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord, and Satan standing at his right side to accuse him. So here's the high priest, the man that's representative of the Israelites. The guy, the guy that goes into the Holy of Holies and takes a, a blood on his thumb and sprinkles the mercy seat and the showbread. And he takes that blood for the, for the sacrifice or for the sins of the people. And you know how many times he would do it? Seven times. Do you know how many wounds Jesus had on him? Now, I understand he had over 372 different stripes on his back. But when you do all the wounds, he had wounds on his head from the thorns. He had wounds in his hands and his feet. He had wounds on his side and on his back. And you count all them up, and it's seven. When Jesus died on the cross, he sprinkled the blood on this mercy seat. And so here's Joshua, a representative. Did you know you and I are priests and priests of God, priests and priestesses of God? We're co-heirs, as he says in Romans 8, of Christ. So put yourself on the spot of Joshua here. You could put your name here. Then he showed me whatever your name is this morning. I could say my name. Then he showed me Marcus. And there's Satan right there to accuse. Now it's interesting in the Old Testament, anytime you see the word angel of the Lord, most of the time in the Old Testament, it's what we call a theophanies or a Christophanies. It's a physical manifestation of Jesus in the Old Testament. Because remember, he's God. He's the image of the invisible God. He was and is and always will be. He's the Alpha and the Omega. In Genesis, when it says, in, God, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Again, that's Elohim, which is plural. God, three in one. Let us make man in our own image. So here's Joshua standing there. And we can assume that this could be a Christophanes. Jesus standing there, and Satan standing there. And what's he doing? He's there to accuse Joshua. But look at verse 2. Then the Lord said to Satan, The Lord rebuke you, Satan. The Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Is not this man a burning stick snatched from the fire? You and I, if you're born again this morning, you've been snatched from the fire. And you have an advocate, Jesus, who's standing there when Satan's there to accuse you. And the Lord says, I rebuke you, Satan, for this is a stick that was snatched from the burning fire. And you are the beginning. God, he's the beginning and the end. And you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. The old is gone and the new has come. Doesn't that just set you free? Yes. Verse 3, now Joshua was dressed in filthy clothes as he stood before the angel. How are you and I dressed before we came to Christ? In filthy rags. 
right after I got saved, my mom was actually tell, talking about this to Stacy and the girls, not only about my conversion, but God's calling on my life, and that would take a while, and I'll go into that testimony one of these days. But right after I got called to be a pastor that fall, I got water baptized. And I remember going to the Westminster Rec Center there in Colorado and going to the pool and Lenny, our youth pastor, was there, and as he dunked me under the water, I saw a shadow of my old self fall to the bottom of the pool. Now, I'm eight years old. Who's going to describe that to a child? I saw an old shadow of myself fall to the bottom of the pool, and as I came up, I said, Mom, it feels like somebody took scrubby bubbles and cleaned my insides out. Do you remember those scrubby bubble commercials, the spray? I still use it. That was my best description of it. Now, an eight-year-old... Nobody's going to explain that to them. My old self was buried with Christ, but when I came up, I was raised with Christ. If you're born again this morning, if you've rededicated your life, the old man is gone. He's been buried with Christ, and the new man is risen with Christ. The old filthy clothes... That you and I have. Now look at verse 4. The angel said to, the, to those who were standing before him, take off his filthy clothes. Jesus took off your filthy clothes when you got saved. They're no longer there. Then he said to Joshua, see, I have taken away your sin and I will put rich garments on you. When you and I get saved, Jesus puts rich garments on us. Hallelujah. He puts rich garments. It's wonderful. You are now white as snow. Amen. You and I may not feel it. We may not look like it. We may not always act like it. But that doesn't change the fact that on the inside we got new clothes on. We've been washed in the blood. We've been made holy because of Christ. Verse 5, then I said... Then I said Put a clean turban on his head, the helmet of salvation. So they put a clean turban on his head and clothed him while the angel of the Lord stood by. Verse 6, the angel of the Lord gave this charge to Joshua. This is what the Lord Almighty says. If you will walk in my ways and keep my requirements, then you will, be, then you will govern my house and have charge of my courts, and I will give you a place among these standing here. Verse 8, listen to this. Listen, O high priest Joshua, and your associates seated before you. You are men symbolic of things to come. I'm going to bring my servant, the branch. The word branch is capitalized there, and it's referring to Jesus. The, he was symbolic of you and I this morning as we stand before God, even right now. We have rich garments on. We've been clothed in the Lord. We, have, we even have armor on, as I mentioned before. Yeah. When Jesus looks at us, he doesn't see our old sin. When the Apostle Paul said, I forget what is behind and I press on towards what's ahead. I, I honestly believe that the Apostle Paul, the enemy would attack him. We don't know this for sure, but I, I assume that he probably attacked him and accused him of all those murders he committed and the people that he put into jail. If anybody could say there is no condemnation, it was the Apostle Paul. Remember, before he was converted, he put Christians to death. He beat them. He put them in prison. And yet, he says, I forget what is behind. 
You know, the problem with this sometimes is we don't know how to let go of the past. Whether somebody hurt us, whether something happened to us or we did something, we have a problem letting go of the past. The Apostle Paul says, I forget what is behind and I press on towards that goal that is in Christ Jesus. This is symbolic of you and I. We are cleansed. We are washed. Let's go back to Romans. <clears throat> I'm going to jump around in here a little bit, but... <clears throat> Again, verse 3, look at verse 3, Romans 8, 3. <clears throat> For what the law was powerless to do and that it was weakened by sinful nature. Listen, if you try to keep the law, you won't keep it. I remember Chuck Swindoll speaking about this one time. He said he was talking about the, the weakness of the flesh. And he talked about that he was walking through a park and there was a bench that said, fresh paint, don't touch. First thing he did was he touched it. That's the flesh. You give into the flesh, you're going to do those things. Your inclination is, is disobedience towards God. Your flesh is natural uh, rebellion against God. That's the law. The more you know not to do, the more you have a struggle with it, the more you do it. Just like when I tell my kids, don't do this, what's the first thing they want to do? I've, I've thought about maybe I shouldn't tell them not to do that. Maybe they won't do it at all. But that doesn't work, does it? What he's saying is that trying to keep the law is just going to keep you in bondage. So the law was powerless. Now look at this. The, the, that doesn't mean the law is powerless. It was powerless to convert us, to forgive us. The law has a purpose. It points us to our sin. It shows us that we can't do it. When I witness to people about Christ, I often ask them, I ask them, do you think I could jump the Grand Canyon? Their first response is, nope. And I said, how far do you think I could get? Oh, maybe five feet, 10 feet. Well, I'm a short guy, so it probably wouldn't be 10 feet. And then you fall to your death. That's you and I trying to get to God on our own merit. We can't do it, but Jesus bridges that gap. So what the, what the law couldn't do, Jesus could. For what the law was powerless to do in that it was weakened by the sinful nature, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful man to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in sinful man. Praise Jesus, he's the one that did it. When he did it on the cross, it was signed, sealed, and delivered. And so he condemns sin and sinful man in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the sinful nature, but according to the Spirit. Yes. What Paul is saying here is you and I have the ability to do one or the other. Junk in, junk out. Yep. Godly things in, godly things out. You feed the flesh, it's going to get stronger. You feed, the, you feed the spirit, it's going to get stronger. And, that, and it's the truth. I, I remember the Lord speaking to me about this one time. And this is when I was at, on staff at New Life. And the Lord was dealing with me on certain things I was watching on TV. And uh, not bad things. It was just stuff as a believer. 
I mean, anybody ever compromised on some things you shouldn't be watching on TV? Not bad. It wasn't bad. It was, I think it was, had something to do with war, and it was very graphic. I still struggle with war movies. I like war movies. It's just something in us. I don't know. Some guys don't lie. I like, I don't know. It's just something, you know, it's uh, that, that tough thing. I don't know. But God was dealing with me, and, and the Lord said, junk in, junk out. That night, we went to a, a, a black Baptist church. It was awesome, man. They know how to sing. If you, if you didn't notice my wife here, I was getting everybody off on clapping, so she grabbed my hands and put my hands down. I don't know how I ever got through band. I played saxophone. I don't know how I ever keep, kept the beat. But that night, Pastor Dave gave a message, junk in, junk out. Verse 5, those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what that nature desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind of sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. The sinful mind is hostile towards God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those controlled by the sinful na nature cannot please God. Remember, he's saying there's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. You have a choice. Which one are you going to live in? Are you going to live according to what your flesh wants or according to what the Spirit wants? Right. Which one are you going to allow to control your mind and your thoughts? Verse 9. I like this. He says this to them. You, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit, if the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. If you're born again this morning and you're saved... You have the Spirit of God living in you. That deutimous power to say no to the flesh. To say no to the enemy. To rebuke those thoughts and, and those condemning thoughts. Verse 10, but if Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin. Listen, this old body, it's still condemned. If Jesus tarries, which I pray he doesn't, but if he tarries one of these days, I'm going to take my last breath. And this old flesh is going to go in the grave. I, I told my wife that I, one of my uh, uh, sinful desires is Diet Coke. <laughs> they say it's like formaldehyde. And I told my wife they won't even have to embalm me. I'll already be embalmed by the time I die. <laughs> so this old body's dying. But inside your spirit is alive because of Jesus. Amen. Verse 11. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you. The wonderful thing is, is that you can have control and power over the sinful nature. He has that power. He's given it to you on the inside to say no to the flesh. To say no to those thoughts that the enemy throws your way. You know when the enemy hits you the most? When you're tired. When you're sleepy. That's when you need to tap into the Lord and begin to pray. Begin to worship. Do you know how tired I was this morning? We traveled up to see my mom this weekend. We had to get some dance shoes for my daughter. and Figured we'd kill two birds with one stone, go visit my mom. You ever travel with a dog and three daughters? It wears on you. And then traffic, Tulsa traffic, Oklahoma City traffic, 
You get in there and you're automatically, I bet you if they checked all of our blood pressure, it would be up. And I was tired this morning, but you know what? Just because your flesh is tired, your spirit is alive. Yes. And God can strengthen you to do what he's called you to do. Look at verse 12. Therefore, brothers, we have an obligation, but it is not to the sinful nature to live according to it. For if you live according to the sinful nature, you will what? Everybody say die. He's not just speaking of physical death there. In the original Greek, he means spiritual death. Yes, you are saved eternally. But if you begin to live like the world, it can affect your spiritual walk with God. Again, you're not earning to keep your salvation. You're just staying in your walk with Jesus. So stay in your walk with him. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Because those who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. Now like this, this is for somebody this morning. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear. The fear that he's talking about is the fear of death. Once Jesus comes in, that's gone. You get saved, he writes your name in the Lamb's book of life. He seals you with the Holy Spirit. He takes away that fear of death. But you receive the spirit of sonship. That word sonship also means adoption. You and I have been adopted into the family of God. Grafted in. And we cry, Daddy, Father. That word Abba in the original language is Daddy. If you ever run to your dad when you were a little kid, Daddy, Daddy. When you're scared. When there's a spider in the house, guess who kills the spider? Do I sometimes get irritable? Yeah. But... I come to the rescue. That's our father. Verse 16, the spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are the children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. Jump over with me to verse 28. This is for you this morning. And if we know and we know that in all things, God works for the good. God works for the good of your life. God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. That word called is when you got saved, your salvation. God works for the good in your life. Yes, I know life can be tough and we have ups and downs and valleys and uh, stones and tough. Jesus said the, the path is narrow. Right? right? And few find it. But the, but the path that leads to destruction is wide and many are on that path. Right. He never said it was going to be easy. Right. But his yoke is easy and his burden is what? Light. You're not doing it alone. He works all things out for the good of those that love him and who have been called according to his purpose. Look at this, verse 29. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his son. Do you know he's conforming each one of us to the likeness of his son? Do you know how he does that? He brings all that bad stuff up from the flesh. He brings all the stuff up that's in our mind because your mind hasn't been redeemed. That's why you have to renew it. He's trying to conform you to the likeness of his son. 
And how does he do that? Through tests and trials. We've talked about this over the last few weeks. He wants you to look like Jesus. He wants each of us to look like Jesus. To the likeness of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Verse 30, and those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. When you got saved, the word justified means as if you had never sinned. I want you to get that in your mind this morning when we're talking about no condemnation. The minute you rededicated your life to Jesus, the minute you got saved, the minute you gave your heart to him, he said, I am looking at you as if you have never sinned before in your life. Think about that for a minute. As you stand before God, he looks at you as if you have never sinned. Now, how does that change your perspective? That should set you free. And those he justified, he also glorified. You know, he's glorifying us. Verse 31, what then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? Look at this. He didn't even spare his own son. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? God's got a lot of things in store for each one of us this morning. He has a plan for all of our lives. Do you know he's not done with the plan for your life and again until you take your last breath? I was mentioning in Sunday school this morning a guy by the name of Steve Shoup. He does, he's a missionary in the Northwest Ministry Network or Northwest District. They just call it that, Northwest Ministry Network. They're changing the names. Same thing, just different name. But when he was uh, getting ready to get retired, God told him he wanted him to adopt a son. He'd already raised his kids. He ended up adopting kids and then he adopted more kids and more kids. God's not finished with any of us until we take our last breath. You may not even be able to hear well or see well or move like you used to, but God can still use you. Some of you, you may think, well, I have no talents. Yes, you do. God's given all of us talents. There's things you can do that I can't do. I can't measure well. I think I've shared that with you. I don't know how I got through woodshop. And I did good in woodshop. I don't know, I don't know how I do it. It's God thing. I figure it out somehow. I'm not a great mechanic. I figure things out, but I can get it done with God's help. All of you have some kind of talents. We had to... HVAC guy come over to look at the house one day. He goes, well, do you have a central air conditioning? I said, I don't know, and I'm not an HVAC guy. That's not my talent. Did you ask me about the Bible? I can tell you. I told you about my dad, right? He loved working on airplanes. Remember, I shared this with you last week. And he asked me, how much do you like? Do you really like this? And I said, no. <laughs> this isn't exciting you? No, because it's not my gifting. It's not my calling. It's not my talent. Verse 33, who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who is he that condemns? He's even saying Jesus isn't going to condemn you and I. God's not going to condemn you and I. Christ Jesus who died, he died for you and I. Why would he condemn us if he died for us? 
more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is interceding for us. Think about this. Jesus isn't going to condemn you. God's not going to condemn you. So then if God is for you, who can be against you? Stop listening to the lies of the enemy. And Jesus is in heaven praying for you. That's what intercession means, to pray on behalf of another. I want you to think for one moment. Jesus is in heaven praying for all of us. I mean, God knows your problems. He knows your thoughts. Do you know he knows when you lose a hair on your head? That's crazy because we lose hairs every day. Yet he knows every single one of them. Do you know it says he counts the stars by name? I just saw one of the telescopes that they, I think it's the Hubble telescope, and it's still sending back pictures. And they show this galaxy that they're looking at, and I, you can't even count the stars that are there. And yet God knows them all by name. The Bible says he holds the universe in his hand. That's crazy. Not to us, but not to him. It's not crazy, it's God. <laughs> but look at this. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine, nakedness or danger of the sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. I want you to get this. Knowing all these things, we are more than conquerors. The word more than there is the word super conqueror. Super conqueror, that means above and beyond what we can even comprehend. That means Jesus has made you a conqueror. Amen. You may say, but pastor, I don't feel like one today. Well, there's days I don't feel like a conqueror, but that doesn't change the fact that God hasn't made me a conqueror. That's right. It's not how I feel. It's based on the word of God and what God says about you. Stop believing the enemy's lies. It's not based on what you think. It's not based on what you say. It's not based on what other people say. Right. What does God's word say about you? Amen. That you are a super conqueror. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 5, which I mentioned, Paul says you and I are to reign in this life. Jesus says you and I will have living waters bubbling up to eternal life. You have his eternal life. You have living waters bubbling up inside of you. How many of you have put a cap on the whale? How many of you have put a cap on the whale? God wants to flow out of you, and he wants to flow out of me. And he wants to use us, and he wants us to be victorious. Knowing all these things were more, more than conquerors through him, Notice that through him who loved us. I like that. It's past tense. He still loves us. Who loved us then? Who loves us now and who's going to love us into the future? We, over, we, we overcome him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. And when the enemy comes in like a flood, God raises up a banner and that banner is love. Verse 38, for I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Jesus is your strength. 
Jesus is your anchor. He's the one that's going to get you through it. He's the one that's going to empower you to, to, to fight the good fight of faith, to finish the race. Keep tapping into him. Don't listen to the lies of the enemy. Every time the enemy reminds you again of your past, every time he reminds you of, of the things that you've done wrong, remind him that you're under the blood. Remind him who died for you. Remind him that the old is gone and the new has come and that we're set free in Jesus Christ our Lord. Listen, these are God's words. This isn't no just some motivational speech this morning. This is God's motivational speech. Do you believe his word? Does that mean that we won't have trouble? No, Jesus said you will have trouble in this life. I find that interesting. He goes, oh, by the way, you're going to have trouble in this life. I mean, think about that. There are the disciples, you're sitting around there and he tells you. Oh, by the way, I want you to know you're going to have trouble. Do you know all the disciples were martyred for Christ? Yeah. You can look them up and find out. Do you know Peter was crucified upside down? Yeah. The only one, I, I take that back, one, one disciple wasn't martyred for Christ, and that would have been John. John was boiled in oil, yeah. and he was sent to the island of Patmos. But all the other, all the other uh, disciples, Thomas was martyred somewhere close to India. And you look at all the disciples. Remember Stephen, stoned to death. James was beheaded. The apostle Paul was beheaded. So you will have trouble in this life, but be of good cheer. For Jesus has overcome this world. He will give you the strength to get through. Remember Paul and Silas in jail, what'd they do? They begin to worship the Lord. Remember Peter, behind, between two guards... And the church was praying for him, and they, they were shocked that the prayer worked. Remember? The little girl was startled. He came to the door. And she opened the door, oh, slammed the door and ran. Hey, Peter's here. And they didn't believe her. God answers prayer. You are more than conquerors through Christ who loves you. He will help you get through whatever it is you're getting through. Again, if the enemy's attacking you with condemnation, you overcome him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of your testimony. You are washed in the blood. You need to remind him of that. You have authority in Christ. With every head bowed, every eye closed here this morning. Are you saved this morning? Are you born again? The only way you're going to get to heaven is if you know Jesus. Going to church does not save you. Knowing about Jesus doesn't save you. Growing up in church doesn't save you. What saves you is you surrendering your life to Jesus Christ. It starts with repentance, admitting that you've sinned, and giving your life over to Him. Are you here this morning and you would say, Pastor, that's me. I'm not saved. I don't have peace in my heart. The Bible says you can be sure of your salvation. If you're not sure of your salvation this morning and you want to get saved and you want to make sure, raise your hand. Everybody's saved in here. All right, you're here this morning and you say, Pastor, is everybody saved in here? Raise your hand if you're saved here this morning. If you're not and you want to get saved, raise your hand. I, I was making sure because I thought I saw a hand go up. Are you here this morning and you would say, Pastor, that's me. The enemy's been hitting me with condemnation and I need prayer this morning. Would you raise your hand?
Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. I want to pray for you. I'm not going to embarrass you this morning. Father God, I pray for those that raised their hand this morning. If it's just one, you would have left the 99. Lord, those that raised their hand this morning, Father, I pray as they leave this service this morning, they will leave it at your altar. They will come to your altar. Sometimes, Lord, just laying it at your altar and leaving it there. Help them to leave it at your altar and to remind themselves that they are under the blood. Father, if there's sin in their life, you said to confess your sins. You said to repent of those sins. Lord, let them repent of it. And as they confess your, their sins to you, you are faithful and just to forgive them of all their sins and purify them of all unrighteousness. Father, I pray that you will remind every single one of us, including those that raised their hand this morning, that even when we have bad days and when the enemy hits our mind, that we are super conquerors in Christ Jesus, that we are washed in the blood of the Lamb, that our eternity is heaven, and you are working all things out for the good of those that love you and are called according to your purpose. What you begin in us, you will complete, and you are the author and finisher of our faith. Give them strength this morning as they leave. Give them strength and power to live out that life this morning. And we ask all of this in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Guys, I love you here this morning. So privileged to be here as your pastor. I love you. If you need anything, I'm here to pray with you. Don't forget we have Sunday night service tonight. We're going through the book of James. And if you, if you miss it, you're missing some good stuff. God bless you. Have a wonderful Sunday. You're dismissed.